Hi there, welcome to our podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick, and if you have been listening to this podcast lately, and you realize that there's a little bit of a difference in my voice, it's because I'm getting over a cold. Actually, uh, if I had tried to record this two days ago, it would have been impossible. It, ha- it sounded horrible, my voice, and I was sneezing, coughing, and I was com- completely congested. Uh, but now I'm better, so I'm going ahead with this podcast episode. And in the previous episodes, we've been talking about the priesthood. I interviewed Father Samuel Hakim of the Dominicans, uh, where he spoke about his vocation story and also about the priesthood itself. So in today's episode, we will look at the example of the life of Father Walter Chishek, a Jesuit, and how his priesthood helped him persevere in the midst of very harsh and discouraging conditions. Father Chishek, Walter Chishek, was born in Shenandoah, Pennsylvania, in 1904, and he died in 1984. He felt called to the priesthood, so he entered the Society of Jesus, better known as the Jesuits. And soon after, once he was a seminarian, in 1929, Pope Pius XI made a call addressed to all seminarians to volunteer to prepare themselves to eventually go as missionaries to Russia. So here, a little bit of context will be important as a a historical context. Uh, World War I ended in 1918. And right before the end of World War I, 1917, was the communist revolution in Russia that established a communist regime instead of the government of the Tsar or the emperor. And Walter Zizek was uh, still a seminarian. He volunteered to be a missionary in Russia. And he had great hopes, great dreams of bringing the gospel to so many people who were eager to embrace the Lord, or at least so he hoped and he thought. Uh, so he started his studies in what was called the Russicum, or Russicum, a seminary in Rome for those who were preparing themselves to go to Russia as priests or missionaries. He was ordained a priest in 1937, and by then, unfortunately, that was between the two wars, it was impossible to enter Russia as the communist regime had forbidden all priests from entering the country. So he was sent to uh, a town in Poland called Albertin, or I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's Albertin. While he was there in 1939, World War II began, right? So the Nazis invaded first Belgium and so forth, and then eventually they invaded Poland from the West. And then the Soviets, not to be outdone, they invaded Poland from the East. And actually they took over the town of Albertin, where Father Cizek was. So he had not been able to enter Russia, but now he found himself in Russia because Russia had, or the Russians, the Russian army, had uh, invaded the town where he was. However, the mission church where Father Cizek uh, was ministering was closed. So after much deliberation, he could have, let's say, left all that area and gone back to uh, the US or to Rome or to a free country. Uh, But he decided with another priest, Father Nestrov, uh, to go to Russia as a refugee worker and see if they eventually could minister to the people there. So they chose to be employed by a lumber company and changed their names so as to not to be discovered 
So Father Chishek was called Vladimir, and I can't remember his last name, uh, Vladimir. And off they went to their place of work across the border into Russia in a train. Now, the conditions of their trip to Russia were very miserable already from, to, from the start. Entire families were stacked in the train cart together with no seats, but only some narrow bunks against the walls of the cars. With just a slop bucket for a bathroom and an oil can for a stove. And to make matters worse, when they arrived to their destination uh, to work, the poverty there was almost extreme. Right? They had to work very hard for a very low pay, and even they had to pay for their uh, food, not only their food, but also their living quarters. So every worker, be it man or woman, had to stack heavy logs of lumber in large piles, and with what they earned in a day, Father Chishik mentions that he and his brother priest were able to buy a loaf of rye bread, and sometimes not even that. Of course, they could not, uh, they could not practice their priesthood. They had to um, hide the fact that they were priests, and even Catholics. And to make matters worse, nobody wanted to talk about their faith, because not only was it illegal to make some sort of, they call it proselytism, but people could report anyone trying to spread the faith to the to the KGB, so the the secret police uh, could be told uh, if anyone was spreading the faith, and whoever was spreading the faith would be arrested. So as a conclusion, they realized they could do nothing to share the gospel. Now, nobody wanted to receive any sacraments because all that was illegal in communist Russia and in their place of work. So all their efforts to be in Russia, to study and everything, had been for nothing, or at least it seemed to them that way at the moment. And as their realization grew, the, sad, the sadness and despondency in their spirits grew worse and worse. They started to think that all their hopes of evangelizing Russia had been just a pipe dream. They thought of nothing but going back to Poland, where they at least could do some good to the Polish people they knew. And their hearts sunk in a profound depression of spirit. During all that ordeal, which was very uh, dark, very trying for Father Nestrov and Father Walter Chishak, the only consolation and support was the celebration of the Holy Mass, which, of course, they couldn't do in public. And this is how Father Chishak described it. He says, uh, and this he, re he wrote in the book, He Leadeth Me, uh, so you can read it there. He says, Our one spiritual consolation was the Mass. Occasionally, we were able to get away, just the two of us, into the forest and there celebrate Mass in secret. We wore no vestments, the stump of a tree served as our altar, and we had to be constantly on guard against discovery. The Mass gave us strength. It was amazing how impressive the gospel message could be in such circumstances. Our spirits would seem to drink in the words, savor them, and feel the divine power in them. And at the moment of consecration, God became present in a new way in Teplaya Gora. He was there, in answer to our petitions, where the sacrifice of Calvary had never been celebrated before. In that sacrament, we could offer up all our sacrifices with His, we could ask His blessing on those for whom we had labored and prayed in secret. 
Those were my most consoling thoughts, my happiest moments. The consolation of that sacrifice, that offering, would stay with me as we returned home through the darkness and silence of the forest. Up to there, Father Walter Chishik. So this is how they were able to persevere in the midst of a deeply disappointing and hopeless reality. And this is how they kept, going, kept on going. And eventually, after many years and much suffering, Father Chishik would finally be able to minister to so many Catholics in communist Russia in spite of being apprehended and living in a partial freedom. After some 23 years of imprisonment, sometimes under brutal conditions, Father Chishek was released from the Soviet Union and returned to the United States in October 12, 1963. And actually, he was uh, the way this happened was through John F. Kennedy. Um, he, they got to exchange uh, a Soviet agent detained in the U.S. for Father Chishek. And here in the U.S., Father Chishek continued his mission as a priest and spiritual director of many people. So the point is, what was there in the Mass that gave him strength? The Holy Mass is the very same sacrifice of Calvary, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, made present in a real sacramental way on the altar of the Mass, through the action of the Catholic priest. It makes Christ really and physically present on the altar. And thanks to the Catholic priesthood, that same Mass is available daily for you in your local church. So when you attend Mass, it is as if you were at the foot of the cross on Mount Calvary. Christ is there offering his life for you. So at the Mass, the priest offers all the spiritual sacrifices that the faithful bring when they come to Mass, and he offers them in union with the sacrifice of Christ to the glory of God the Father. And then he distributes the graces that flow from the cross of Christ for the sanctification of the faithful. So there is like an upward and downward flow of grace between God and man. And the priest is in the middle, acting in the person of Christ. He is the one who makes this flow possible through his actions. So it is this flowing of divine grace that gives you an interior strength. The Mass gives you this interior grace of God to do what otherwise would be very hard or almost impossible to do. There you see the greatness, then, of the Catholic priesthood, instituted by Christ to provide here and now the means of salvation for the people of God that flow from the cross. Wherever there is a priest, there the sacraments are made present, especially the Holy Mass, the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle, and the Sacrament of Confession. Those are the most uh, unique things that the priest can provide for the faithful and for the sanctification of each one of us. So just as the Eucharist builds up the Church, so too in an indirect way we can say that the priesthood, without which there wouldn't be Eucharist, the priesthood builds up the Church. So make sure you pray for the perseverance and sanctification of priests. Because while the sacrament of holy orders is great because of the mission it entails, it does not take away the weakness proper of the man who still has to struggle to persevere and grow in holiness like you and I. And pray especially for an increase of vocations to the priesthood, 
for the perseverance of seminarians, so that we may continue to have men who are willing to sacrifice all to bring Christ and his teachings to the world. So here's a prayer that you can repeat with me. Um, pray asking God for new priests, for more priests, more vocations to the priesthood. And it's taken or inspired in a prayer written by Pope Paul VI. Lord Jesus Christ, divine shepherd of souls, who called the apostles to be fishers of men, draw toward you the ardent and generous souls of young men to make them your followers and priests. Make them partakers of your thirst for universal redemption, because of which you renew your sacrifice upon your altars. Extend, O Lord, your calling to many generous souls, instill in them the yearning for evangelical perfection and for dedicating themselves to the service of the Church and of their brethren in need of assistance and charity. Amen. So thank you very much for listening. I hope this encourages you to pray for priests and for vocations to the priesthood. And if you like this episode, please share it with others. Also, if you can, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to encourage others to listen as well. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.